Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hello and thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talk sports show. Stuart Pearce joined myself and Simon as we heard exclusively for the first time from AFC Bournemouth owner Bill Foley and about his plans for life after Gary O'Neill. Eyebrows everywhere were raised when the hierarchy at Bournemouth decided to call time on Gary O'Neill. As head coach, this was the same Gary O'Neill who guided Bournemouth to Premier League safety. So why on earth would they want to sack him? So with that in mind, I get in touch with uh, the US owner of Bournemouth, Bill Foley. And on Gary O'Neill, Bill Foley, who was over in California, was quite open and candid. Although it was a tough decision to part company with O'Neill, but this is why they did it. I'm a big fan of Gary O'Neill. We put him in the position uh, last, really last, uh, I guess November or December, to give him the opportunity to be the uh, to be the head coach, and he did. And he did deliver after kind of starts and stops in, in the month of January, and and then the team began building momentum, uh, and so it really wasn't so much about Gary not doing what he was asked to do. It was more about a particular opportunity to give our football club a different identity. And uh, it came through the, the coach that we made contact with some time ago and then kind of reinitiated some discussions very recently. And he was enthusiastic about coaching the Premier League. And, and we felt it was an opportunity that we, had to, that we had to avail ourselves of. So it was not really so much about Gary not delivering because I, I like Gary. I think he's a good man. He's a... Uh, He's going to land on his feet. He's coming out now with a CV that shows he kept a team from being relegated and kept him in the in the Premier League. So I believe he's going to be in coaching for a long time, and I believe he I believe he's going to do a good job. It's just that we had to make a difficult decision, and we weren't happy to do it. We just felt like it was it was something we had to do for the benefit of the team, and the team comes first. So. That's really the long and short of it. It's not. It wasn't about Gary. It was about a different opportunity. You know, Bill, that some would argue that Gary deserved more loyalty from you as the owner. What would you say to them? 
Well, again, we have a philosophy. Team is first. People are a close second. And management third, way down the list. The management being ownership and management. We respect Gary. We respect his feelings. It was it was not an easy decision. We just felt that if we were going to be as successful as we believe we can be in this transfer market, and we're going to change the style of football we played, we needed to go a different direction. So I'm not happy about it. I don't feel good about having someone move on from a, from a position within the club. But it was team first. And um, it wasn't just my decision. It was a it was a decision made by the analytical staff and by football management in, in terms of the football club. And we all separately, after thinking about it, we all came to the same conclusion. So it was, it was really a unanimous, unanimous decision amongst us all. So I think that's the best, best way I can explain it. And um, again, I don't, I don't want to be viewed as a, one of these owners that comes in and fires people and goes on and, uh, and, and then fires them again. That's not, the, that's not the plan. Our plan is to go with, a, to go with this coach and to give him uh, every opportunity to be successful. And if it means at the end of the year, next year, we're relegated because we made a mistake, then I'll live with it. That's reality. But I believe we're going to be successful with this, with, uh, with Andoni. I, I really do. And Bill, in comes Andoni Iraola, as you say. You, you've been aware of him for some time. Uh, the football staff has. You know, I didn't know. I didn't. I don't know La Liga, and I don't know the. I don't know the coaches in La Liga, uh, but uh, our football staff had been aware of him. Uh, because you know we were we were looking for a coach last fall, uh, and we we went went with Gary. We felt that that stability was the best thing for us to do at that at that point in time. He was one of the coaches that rose to the top in terms of people that we were thinking about. Uh, we didn't make formal contact with him last fall, but the football side has has kept in touch with him just over the over the last six months or so. And you know his contract ran out, and he was available, and he was. He, he was really he was receiving multiple offers from very significant clubs, and we felt like you know if we're going to do something, uh, this is the time to do it. Do it before the preseason. Have a new coach come in with his new system, new systems. Work with our players. Give us a chance to, under his system to add players that we need in certain positions based upon his coaching style and his his tactics. So that was the that was really the thought process. It was a three or four day, five day process that we went through to just to really make sure we were we were all on the same page and all thinking the same way. That was the first part of Bill Foley speaking to me. Um, part two coming up in the next five or so minutes. Uh, Bill Foley, owner of uh, AFC Bournemouth, speaking over in California on, on Saturday night. So Simon, if we were somewhat baffled before regards the reasoning for the parting of the ways between Bournemouth and O'Neill. Are you less baffled now when you hear Foley? Well, it's an interesting dynamic that he's advancing, is that the team becomes before everyone else, but team reflects leadership. And so if the leadership propensity is to make decisions very quickly um, and to not steep them in the substance of uh, a relationship that's been built over a period of time, then maybe you'll have a team that operates in that particular fashion. I do think it's appropriate for people that own football clubs to to avail themselves of the industry that they're in, embrace the knowledge that it brings as quickly as they possibly can. It'll be very interesting to hear or find out who's in his ear 
and who's leading him to these decisions because everybody that goes into football clubs will have people that are light upon them very quickly and gain influence with them, whether it's Mendes getting influence with the Chinese guys in Wolves or whether it's XYZ person that may be guiding some of the football thinking that Todd Bowley has and and so on and so forth. Right? No one, None of us are immune to it because everyone will accept, and he accepts it, that he's not going to sit there and play possum and hide and seek with himself saying, I've been studying the La Liga. Yeah. I've been told by the football people. And it's yeah. interesting... His football team of people, Yeah, it's interesting. it's interesting to see, you know, that sort of thinking. The guy comes with a decent reputation. You know, he's managed a football club that has similarity attached to it in terms of its of its outlook to Bournemouth. It's a club that has, has a, is a club of have-nots rather than haves, with all due respect, because it's a smaller club that's been ultimately propelled by good management and good disciplines and a small club mentality which has now got itself into La Liga for the first time and has stabilised itself there and got 11th in the league. Look, he's nailed his colours to the mast in terms of the way he wants to manage his football club. He's told you he wants a style of football. I kind of feel that that's a dangerous territory for owners to get into because I think winning football is the most important brand of football yeah, yeah. and then you can expand upon that. So I never really like to hear owners talking about a style of football that's playing to a particular gallery and I understand in this day and age, maybe that's now prevalence. But on um, O'Neill, you get more. You get more of an idea of where he's going well, with it. Well, I always got the idea in the first place. Of right. course, when no one saw it coming, the, the thing that we were surprised about is we didn't see it coming. Right. Right. So now that we've seen it coming, logic then goes, okay, well, why is that? And um, I don't know how much of a decision-making process Bill was involved in with the, uh, you know, with the, uh, the, the, the appointment of Gary O'Neill. Gary O'Neill stepped in to fill a gap because Scott Parker opened his trap, got himself in a situation, and he needed, they needed a vacuum to be filled. Gary came in and the team bounced, immediately bounced, and got some results and came back from you know, precarious situations, I think, in games against Nottingham Forest mm. and teams of that nature. And so with that in mind, he gave them a, 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 an out game they didn't have to go and find a manager. They could have just, okay, this looks like it's going to get us past it. And then they gave him a reward by saying, okay, we're going to give you an 18-month contract, which means ultimately you're going to get paid. Now, the guy's a 78-year-old billionaire that's got experience in sports franchises. The American mentality is very different. He tells people he's going to win the Stanley Cup in six years and does it. And does it. Now, right. that means he's put some, some the, either the structure into that particular sporting franchise to achieve it. And it'll be fascinating to see how he gets on with the Premier League, because this is like no other sporting environment. Yeah. Forget what you think you know. Yeah. Forget how much success you've had somewhere else. You've got a group of other people that are equally as well-heeled as you. Sure. They've got established football clubs that, that you can't just break the orthodoxy. Well, But it'll be fascinating to see him have a go. You're going to hear more from him in a second. Stuart, on O'Neill, do you get it a bit more now? Um, <clears throat> when I... When I listened to the interview, I, I, I thought it was quite an honest interview. Yep. Uh, I, I was quite refreshed by a, 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 an owner turning around and saying, I've no idea who we've bought through the door in the main, but the footballing people around me that are guiding me are suggesting he's very good at his job. There's an honesty there, I think. And if he's had the same conversation with Gary O'Neill, I think all you can ask if the football club decided to go in a different direction... All you can ask is a level of honesty. Sure. I think we got then to explain why they've done what they've done. Okay. Um, we're going to hear more from Bill Foley, the other side of uh, this upcoming uh, news bulletin. Foley goes into more detail about what he hopes from his football club uh, in the upcoming season. His hopes for European football eventually and what may or may not happen to the Vitality Stadium. Stay with us. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 
for the first time we're hearing from the billionaire owner of AFC Bournemouth Bill Foley he was over in California over the weekend and that's where uh, I tracked him down and we had this exclusive chat for Talk Sport he elaborated on his reasons uh, for the parting of the ways between the football club and Gary O'Neill and in comes the new man Andoni Iraiola and of course uh, Foley is used to success uh, his uh, hockey team the Golden Knights uh, they won the Stanley Cup in recent days and now he's hoping for success in some shape or form at Bournemouth but they know they've got a lot of work to do so we get into other areas of conversation Mr Bill Foley and myself as regards the ongoing transfer market and business being done within it, I asked Bill Foley what kind of business Bournemouth may or may not do under this new man in charge, Andoni Raiola. We're going to be very busy. We've uh, obviously, like all the teams, you know, we, you know, we we do our um, we set up our targets. We have our team. We have our, the holes on our team that we need to fill. Unfortunately, with AFC Bournemouth, um, when I got there, the cupboard was a little bare. We really didn't have the depth on the team that we needed. And we, we did some good things in the January transfer window. Unfortunately, a lot of those players came on board and they were they got hurt right away. So we have a lot of really good players, footballers, that we brought in in the January window. But the opportunities are greater, obviously, in the summer. You've got more time. You've got more opportunity. People are coming to you know, the last year of their contract and the other teams realize that they need to do something that the player's not going to stay. I believe you're going to be very, very interested in some of the, some of the players we bring in. They're probably not what you'd expect from little AFC Bournemouth by the time we're done with our, our plan this summer. What are your aspirations for this football club, Bill? Considering the size of it, can it be more than just survival in the Premier League? Well, I'm absolutely convinced of that. Compl- I mean, we have to be patient. It's not going to happen overnight. We finished 15th. I thought we could have perhaps done a little bit better had we not lost the last four games and maybe finished 14th or 13th because we're right there in terms of points. So we're starting out from a good from a good spot. We have a terrible schedule to start with, so it's going to be people got to be a little bit patient because we're playing some very very tough teams in the first six games or so. But no, my aspirations are to move up in the table every year, but not expect too much. If we can move up a few spots this year and a few spots next year, and then suddenly in three years we're eighth or seventh and maybe playing for Europe, that, that's, those are really my aspirations. So a little, a little more patience this time, not, not Stanley Cup in six like the, <laughs> like the hockey club. That, that's, that's interesting. You, you, you want to try and do what Brighton have done. You want to try and do what Aston Villa have managed to do. Get yourselves into Europe. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we can do it. And it's, now it's going to take more infrastructure. You know, we've got to do something with our stadium. That's very important, whether it's a rehabilitation of the existing stadium or building a new stadium. But a, a modest build. It's 20,000 seats, not 30 or 40,000 seats. Bournemouth doesn't need that. We already are, we're underway in our training facility, so that's been full construction, full speed ahead now since uh, we I think we've got our final permits a few months ago. So our, our indoor pitch is well underway, and then then we start our the, the first team's training facility. It's also going to be our academy. We're going to move our the women's team in there. Uh, we have 57 acres that we that we can deal with in terms of pitches and facilities. That's financed and funded, and so we're looking forward to moving into that facility in the fall of 2024. Then that opens up a lot for us because the 
current training facility uh, is really where the new stadium would probably be situated, more or less. So we've got to get our team out of its current facility into its new facility, and then everything else can start falling in place. But, you know, we've, we're we well-financed, and we have, uh, have a lot of very loyal partners that have been with me in other endeavors for many years. And we're prepared to uh, we're prepared to go forward and, and to do what's right with for this team in terms of personnel, but also in terms of infrastructure. Uh, and I'm excited about it. I'm I'm a builder. I love helping to create things. So that's so I'm right in the right spot. Bill, I mean, everywhere you look in the Premier League, we see American ownership. John W. Henry at Liverpool, Wes Edens is in at Villa, the Glazers at United, Cronky in at Arsenal, even Todd Bowley at Chelsea. What do you make of the characterization, Bill, of American owners? I mean, Bowley, for one, has been lambasted for suggestions like all-star games. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I try and fit in maybe a little more than some of the other owners, uh, some of the other American owners, although we have some great ones. I mean, John Henry is an unbelievable owner and so, and so successful and uh, and Wes Eden is a is a is a good friend of mine. You know, we just spent time together uh, two days, yeah, two days ago, uh, and talked about some of the things he's involved in. And we spent a lot of time on the Premier League. And he's a very common, down to earth guy. Grew up in Montana, kind of like me. I grew up in in primarily in West Texas, so you know, we're pretty common people. So there are a lot of really good American owners, and uh, and. I know how to I know how to be respectful. I know how to to listen and to make our team make sure we're part of the community. We're not an American club. We're an English Premier League club, and I'm going to keep it that way. We're not changing. You've been labeled a threat to the English pyramid. You would say, in no way are we that. You you for one are in no way that. No way. No. No way. Bill, just finally, you know, with the rise of, of states and, and huge money pouring into the Premier League, you look at what's going on at Manchester City, you look at what's going on at Newcastle. Is it a good or a bad time to be an investor in English football, do you think? Well, I think it's a good I think it's always a good time because in my view, the lower table teams are really undervalued and they, there's a there's a lot of value that can be created. You know, in the, in the NHL, not saying this is what the Premier League should do or not do, we have what's what's called a hard salary cap, and everyone has to operate within that cap. Uh, and if you go over the cap, you can't play players; they they sit. And and so that has brought a lot of equality, you know, um, to the to our league, to our NHL league, and. That's why a team like ours in Las Vegas was able to win the Stanley Cup and uh, and and perform because we're all operating under the same rules. I would like to see if it's, if it would be possible at some point that we have a little more control over the spending because obviously we can't spend with a with a with a sovereign with a with the sovereigns. I mean that's just out of a that's just not we're not competitive. But in the meantime, I believe we can do very well within. Um, within our own means and we can improve our club and get uh, and get better and satisfy our fans and play exciting football that's the goal exciting but a salary cap bill seems to make sense and certainly my colleague here Simon Jordan is something he talks about a lot that financial sense uh, yeah a salary cap should be introduced well I mean I'm a one guy and one team one guy and I'm gonna I'm I'm being respectful for the 
for the Premier League and, and their process and and how they how they run their run their league. So I'm not the guy to to create change. It's I'm 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 part of the uh, I want to be part of the club, not the outlier. <laughs> I was Bill Foley, uh, the uh, US owner of AFC Bournemouth. He also, of course, uh, owns the Knights, the Golden Knights, who um, who won the uh, Stanley Cup recently. So he's a man who knows what it's like to taste success. And he's speaking exclusively to TalkSport over the weekend. Simon, a whole bunch of things to, to uh, look at there. Um, should Bournemouth fans be optimistic, do you think, after hearing the kind of tone, the measured tone of this man? Yeah, I mean, I think with, with every football club, you'll always have a de- degree of naysayers and reticence because they'll have a different view on what should have happened to Gary O'Neill or whether it's an American owning their football club. I would think that listening to someone that is telling you that he believes that this club is capable of playing in Europe and that he wants to increase the opportunity to do so, he wants to build a new stadium, I would have thought that would have been manna from heaven for most Bournemouth fans. I mean, there'll always be some that will turn around and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the guy that he's talking to about having an active transfer window, interesting that uh, he thinks that the transfer window in the summer gives him more opportunities. Um, It's a more competitive transfer window. It's a bigger spending transfer window often. Um, And it's got more competition in it as a result of more clubs looking around. It's interesting about the idea that Brighton and clubs like Brighton are going to be used as potential look over there and, and evaluate because yeah. you can learn from everybody I mean look good sporting directors you can data is only as good as the people that are looking at it you know garbage in garbage out if you if you, if you evaluate data <laughs> and you want to look at it from a certain point of view if your eyes aren't educated in the same way that we can have the observation about VAR VAR is only as good as the evaluative perspective that the person that's looking at it in this instance if you've got very good people evaluating the data and the metrics because data will get you so far Thereafter that, it becomes about the personality of an individual. It becomes about a whole raft of different things. But this guy um, seems to have a common sense approach. Um, The Americans, most of the time, you don't hear too often from the Americans. So I'm not entirely sure this will be a consistent theme from him. Right, um, right. Of how he's engaging. But he is, and it's it's no surprise to me, he's not going to sit here and suggest that he's going to talk about salary caps given the fact that they are Bournemouth, he's a new owner, it's a sound bite that perhaps Todd Bowley could have listened sure, to a little bit more sure. of when he started talking about All-Star games. Yeah. He does seem a very pragmatic individual, Stuart. Um, transfer hopes, yeah. We're going we're mm. to do a lot of business that may raise your eyebrow. European successful, why not? Why not? If I was a, a fan of Bournemouth, everything that he's suggested there would resonate with me. Sustainability for the football club, new training facility, potentially new stadium, and um, a balanced view on where he thinks he can take the club. Not boom or bust. I don't think he ever talked boom or bust. We can win the Premier League in however many years, it's whatever. It's can we work our way up the division? Can we bring people in? And also as well, investing in the playing staff as well. He's mentioned all those things. So I I think it was a pretty good interview. Um, Want to hear from Bournemouth fans this morning. Obviously, uh, we're impressed by Bill Foley. I certainly was uh, over the weekend when I spoke to him. What are your thoughts on it? Now that he's elaborated more on the situation on Gary O'Neill and why they decided to part company, as difficult a decision as that was, 
but still it's one they took. Why they've gone for Andoni Iraola and what they hope to do under Iraola. Um, give us a call this morning because certainly he's a guy who impressed us and I'm pretty sure he's impressing you. 03717-223344-81089. For the first time we've heard at length from US owner of uh, Bournemouth, Bill Foley. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com ACAST. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. We are reacting uh, to uh, the first ma- major interview um, given by the American Bill Foley, the owner of AFC Bournemouth, primarily on why they chose to part company with Gary O'Neill. Gary O'Neill, of course, who'd done his job and more, some would argue, um, by ensuring that Bournemouth stayed in the Premier League and it's Premier League football for them next season. But uh, sad to say for Gary, that seemingly wasn't enough. And uh, Gary then parted company last week with the football club and in comes uh, Andoni Iraiola. But what about Foley himself and the kind of noises that he is making regarding his uh, football club, AFC Bournemouth? Craig is a big Bournemouth fan and joins us live. Craig, good morning. Simon and Stuart are with me. What's your take on what you heard from Foley? Good morning, guys. Uh, yeah, great to be on the show. Um, it's all very, very positive. It's really exciting times here at the football club. Um, Bill Foley has got a plan and in mind and where he wants to take this football club. Gary O'Neill, to be fair, I was one of the Bournemouth fans who was right behind Gary. A lot of Bournemouth fans weren't because some of the football, especially against Leeds away from home, Spurs at home, was very, very defensive. And we we were 3-1 up at Leeds, for example, lost 4-3. So I wasn't exactly surprised by the decision-making, um, especially when we knew who was coming in. 
Um, if it was a Lampard or a Jesse Marsh, I would have been a little bit worried. But I think it's exciting times um, with the training grounds. Um, I know that the stadium is going to be on the agenda. Um, I'd love to stay at Dean Court and redevelop that. But the problem is, is we haven't really got the space around the ground. But what he's got in mind um, is something that our fans could only dream of back in 2008 when we was on minus 17 points. Mm. How much investment do you think that the team itself is going to need for next year? It really depends what um, year one looks like for Iriola. Um, if we're looking around about ninth, tenth place, which I would say is probably what Foley has got in mind, I would say Europe probably in a couple of years' time would be realistic. Um, I think we're going to need a sizable amount of investment, more investment than we've ever done before. <sighs> Stuart, if you asked me to put a figure on it, I would say probably about 60, 70 million at this point in time. In in January, we spent 75 million. But the thing is, is we spent it very, very well, very sensibly on players that fit the mould. And to be fair, when I look back at those signings that we made, they're not actually signings that I think that Gary O'Neill probably got the best out of. I think those were signings ready for Iriola, um, like Atara, you know, fantastic pacey winger on the right-hand side. Of course, Clivert's come in now as well on the left. Yeah. So it makes sense. The signings that we made back in January make sense for Iriola's um, tenure at the football club rather than O'Neill's. OK, Craig, listen, thank you. Some many good points uh, from you. The reaction that Bill Foley is getting, Simon, maybe unsurprisingly, is extremely positive. That I think that's because of the measured way in which he delivered yeah. uh, the various points that he gave. Jordan down in Bournemouth have been very impressed. Ever since uh, he arrived, he's done everything he said he'd do. These are exciting times. Brave choices from the man uh, we, we love to see. Uh, we love to see what's happening at our club. Mike, Bournemouth fan. Bill is a breath of fresh air. Clearly knows what he wants and what he's doing. Uh, parting company with O'Neill was always expected. He had achieved his brief and that was to keep us up but now we need someone to take us forward exciting times I like the sounds of Bill Foley a lot of people going with this man Foley Simon and why not he, he says look I don't want to be waiting uh, six years before we have something like a Stanley Cup win want, want to do something for the football club sooner than that is that realistic? Um, this is the Premier League I'm sure that Crystal Palace fans had the same feeling yes. when um, Josh Harish and um, and those guys came through the door. And the reality and John Texter and the reality of it is is that the the desire um, to achieve these things can be negated by the fact that you're in a brutally competitive league. Um, this is not American football where the the worst team gets the best draft. This is a free for all where it tends to be on the whole, with a few exceptions. The sides that have got the established legacy, the fan base and the revenue behind them, and even more so as you move towards the advocation for salary caps, which are coming in with the reduction of, um, or with the management of salary caps going to 90% of turnover, including player depreciation, then to land at 70% at some stage in the next couple of years. All of these are going to slightly hamper some of his plans. But if he is going to, if he is going to provide the same sort of structure that Brighton have done, which is the best in class, getting people in that are making decisions that are very good at what they do. And that's all that he will need to do. 
get football people in that particular building that know what they're doing and why they're doing it and are accountable for their decisions yeah. from the manager through to the because the, uh, Martin O'Neill spoke about it the other day it is ultimately recruitment that's the key driver to a football club and how that recruitment is handled good recruitment coming into a good manager gives you a good football team and that is about as scientific as it gets now if if any Bournemouth fans are managing to find anything negative in what he said then they're a particularly gifted individual and they might want to look at themselves but when we go forward, based upon what the check, the check that he's now written, he's laid down a marker. He hasn't come sneaking through the back door and suddenly, as I've arrived, he's taken out a manager that kept him in the Premier League against the premise of no one thinking that was going to be achieved and replaced him with a manager that people will see as a manager that looks like a progressive, young, ambitious manager, a style of play is coming to issue. He wants to build a new stadium. He wants to be in Europe. He's just told you now that I, I do think there's a, an ill-advisedness of writing checks metaphorically to people about European achievements, I would prefer to say this team is going to be bloody competitive. Mm. And by competitive, I mean it's going to have a go. You start putting benchmarks down, you start being, you start having people remind it, you it of them. It can get dangerous, to, mm. dangerous territory doing that, Stuart. He mentioned uh, in his chat there that they've got a tough start to the season. I've looked at their first seven games. They've got four of the so-called top six teams in England. They've also got Brighton and Brentford, which are great yardsticks probably yes. for them if they want to go and achieve that. So they've got a pretty tough seven-game seven start to the season. And you know and I know the start to any campaign is so vital. Yeah, so many Bournemouth fans getting in touch and thank you for this. Dave's a, a big Bournemouth fan. Glad that Bill is here. And getting the training ground and sorting the stadium is huge for us. The infrastructure of the club seems to have been ignored for years and a generation of new fans have been unable to go. We need to make the most of our Premier League era. There, he's right, Simon. Maybe there's more Bournemouth fans down there or in that part of England that want to go to games, but of course, the fatality yeah, is too course. small for them. I mean, if you, if you, I mean, let's, be, let's, be, let's also be clear when we're talking about putting, let's say another 10,000 fans is available to them, right? That's going to be 10,000 fans times four or 500 quid. So that's about four or five, six or seven million quid a year within in Premier League terms isn't going to get you where you need to go. That's part and parcel of making a more effective football club. You're going to get more commercial opportunities as a result in a bigger stadium. It's befitting of, a, of the embracing the audience. Bournemouth is a very nice part of the world. Yeah. It's a very parochial part of the world. When I went down there to watch the boxing recently, one of my friends said, oh, the Bournemouth fans have gone mild in terms of paying you know the fact that they were not going wild they were going mild that, that, that doesn't mean that they haven't got a, the, the right to have a good football club that's currently doing well with a good stadium that can embrace a 20,000 capacity yeah. I think you start getting into 30 40,000 fans at Bournemouth I think you I, I don't see that being the opportunity but the guy the guy's here and he's backing a Premier League football club be interesting to see why he bought Bournemouth because we don't know precisely why you bought Bournemouth? What was the reasons for you alighting upon Bournemouth? I suppose he would say around and say, and I suppose he answered the question, because there's a lot of economic value in some of the lesser perceived Premier League football clubs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think in times gone by, he was having a look at Fulham, but Shad can beat him to that. Mm. Uh, but he's alighted upon uh, Bournemouth, and certainly he is determined to make a success of that. Um, and build it, and they will come. Well, maybe they will. Um, we shall see what happens with Bournemouth. As Stuart says, some big games for them. And as Bill Foley said, big test in the early part of the upcoming Premier League season, and we'll see how Bournemouth respond. You're 100% Essential down, outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back tomorrow. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.